You are listening to the Living Way Church podcast. For more information about Living Way Church, go to livingwaychurch.cc. So we are wrapping up our series on Everyday Jesus. And next week, we begin a series on the book of Habakkuk. And it deals with the problem of pain and suffering. And, and uh, when it seems like you're struggling to hear God's voice, um, what is happening in your life when, when you just seem to be hitting a wall and the world is going crazy. Uh, Habakkuk speaks to that. Uh, great series. Don't miss next week. Um, today we do wrap up Everyday Jesus. We've been talking about if Jesus invades every area of your life. A lot of times we compartmentalize God to, to simply a part of our life, a part of our week. We go to church on Sundays, the rest of the week is ours. You know, yeah, I'm a Christian, I go to church on Sunday. But what God is calling us to do is not to live a compartmentalized Sunday church going life, but an everyday Jesus life where he invi- invades the Monday through the Saturday. Is God active in your home life? Is Jesus there in your work life? Is, is God walking? with you in your classroom and in your hallways and in your school life and in your social life and in the places you go and the things you do on the weekends, the rest of the week. Two passages that have been kind of the framework for the whole series are Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 and Matthew 6, 33. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all of your ways, and he will direct your path, or he will make your path straight. That passage, Proverbs 3, 5, and the second one, Matthew 6, 33, which says, Seek the Lord first. Seek first his kingdom. That's God's will and his righteousness, that's God's ways, and all these other things, the things you stress about, worry about, are concerned about, uh, and, and get overwhelmed with, if you'll just seek God's will and his ways first, if you'll see him through the lens of his life, through his eyes, through his word, all these other things in your life that you're so overwhelmed by will be taken care of, and God will meet those needs as well, and they will be added to you as well. So today, we're going to wrap up this series on a sermon called, Do You Have Rhythm? And how many of you say, yeah, I got rhythm? Let me say, I got some rhythm. Anybody? <laughs> how many of you say, I don't think I have rhythm? Anybody? Be honest. Because then the rest of you didn't, <laughs> some of you two hands. I know I ain't got rhythm. We're going to put it to the test here in a little bit. Uh, I love music. I love to listen to music. Uh, we have music on at our house almost all the time. And in the car, we have the soundtrack of our life always playing. And when I, when I take a break, like when I want to rest and relax, you know what I often do? I just listen to music for fun. I will, for hours, I'll just go through music libraries and music videos and concert videos and discover new music. I just love to listen to it. I love to watch it. I love to play it. I am a musician. Uh, I've been playing uh, music in musical instruments since I was a kid. I started playing drums at eight years old and, and uh, was all in, in high school, junior high, middle school, high school band, marching bands, pep bands, rock bands. I was in a band that uh, when I was a young adult that played at lock-ins and events and church events. And as an adult, I played, I was a DJ at a radio station and, and we were uh, a cover band that opened up for major concerts in the Dallas area for years. And I love music and I love playing it. I love being in it. And when I became a youth pastor, I started playing guitar because it's really hard to lead worship in a group of 16 people from the drums with no other instruments. 
So I started playing guitar and other instruments. I love music. It's in you. It's got it. You know, when, when you have rhythm, you have rhythm. And when you don't, you don't. And uh, I love and I understand rhythm. But music is not about the notes. It's not about the notes. We're going to talk about this in a minute. Music is about the rhythm. I'm going to explain this in a moment, and I understand this personally, but really what it comes down to is that everyday life with Jesus is about finding rhythm in life. The reality is that we have overdone our schedules, and our lives are too busy to have healthy rhythm. Let me, let me give you an example. If I were to ask any one of you today, how has your weekend been, or how's your week been, probably 90% of you, your immediate answer would go, busy, man. How was your week? Busy. How was your day today? Busy. How was your weekend? I need a break from the break. You know, I need a break from the weekend. I'm just busy, busy. It's almost like we, we don't like it, but we wear it like a badge of honor somehow. Because sometimes I think, particularly in America, that we are addicted to doing. We're addicted to busyness. And we often feel that if our life is busy, then maybe we're, we're, we will feel valuable. Or maybe we feel like we're important. And maybe we feel like we've accomplished things even though we feel like we're never finishing projects. There's always more work to be done. More school, more activities. And we're just adding more and more to our, to our life. And to, we're even adding more workouts and more you know, programs that we're trying to fit into our life. And more, it's just more, more, more. And for some of you, it's even more church or more ministry. You're addicted to busy. Today, I want to help you find your rhythm. Balancing out a busy life before it takes you on a ride you don't want to take. And really, it's a lot like this song right here. Listen to this song. See if you guys can identify what song this is. Who knows who this is right away? Who can tell me who it is? It's not the chickens, it's the birds, right? Feel free to sing along. What's interesting about this song is that this song is actually a, a scripture. The whole song is a passage out of Ecclesiastes that there is a season for everything. There is a time for everything. And what we're going to find today, we're actually going to read this passage here in a minute. But this song reminds us that life is filled with seasons and rhythms and moments that are designed for specific seasons and times and moments. And that is what balance in life is about. See, some of you are trying to balance life. But God hasn't called you to balance life. He's called you to find rhythm in life. Let me explain that. But before we do, I want to talk to you about some things that rob you of your rhythm some life stealers. And uh, then we're going to jump into what the Bible says about finding your rhythm. So these are some things that some of you are struggling with right now because your life is out of rhythm right now. And these are the things. It's possessions, pleasures, performance, position, and pursuits. These are five things that tend to rob our rhythm. Let me explain. Possessions, our pursuit of stuff. Ecclesiastes 5, the Solomon says, he says, man, I've had all the money I could ever want. 
I've had more possessions than I could ever want. I've had more wealth than, than I imagined. He says, but it never satisfies. Solomon said, I've had more than almost anyone alive, and I'm still unsatisfied. And some of you, your pursuit of stuff is not ever going to bring a sense of peace in your life. Possessions will never bring peace. I mean, just look at celebrities or look at the wealthy and they have tremendous amount of wealth and possessions, but yet their life is filled with a lot of times sadness and depression or, and suicide. Wealth does not bring peace. There's, and then some of you, it's just about pleasure. It's just about fun. I mean, it's built right into our, our declaration of independence and, 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 and into our constitution. We have this pursuit of happiness. Man, I just want to be happy. You know, and you think if I can just do the things that make me happy, then maybe I'll be happy. And so it's all about pursuit of pleasure and fun. And we're often told, just do what makes you happy. But then when you do it, that next thrill, one more thrill, one more activity, one more trip, one more thing, one more person, it never lasts. Ecclesiastes 1, Solomon says that when we get what we want, we find out we're still hungry and not satisfied. Often leaving broken relationships and families behind in the pursuit of pleasure. Another one is performance. If I just work hard and achieve my goals, then then I will be happy and I'll have a sense of peace. Ecclesiastes 4, Solomon says, you know, I, I've, I've worked hard and I've attained incredible status and, and I have, uh, uh, I've also never been satisfied. That's what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 4. Some of you, it's like, it's just a better job if I could just have, you know, uh, I just want to get better grades I just want to, you know, maybe put a few more trophies on the shelf, have a few more medals to hang on the wall. Listen, success will never make you feel rich. And then Ecclesiastes also goes on to say that there are two more other pursuits that will just rob you of your rhythm, and that is position, that is status. Uh, I tell you, at the time, Solomon was one of the most powerful men in the world, and he said, I still feel empty inside if I don't follow God in his love for me and his word for me. And he goes, and I pursued everything and I've had the status, I've had the position. He goes, but I'm still unhappy. That promotion will not bring you peace. That house will not give you a sense of achievement and a new car will not fix all of your problems and limitations. These things will not fulfill your life. It'll only rob you of your rhythm. And then the last one is just in general pursuits. Just, if I could just stay busy, then maybe I can forget about all my problems. If I could just stay active, if I could just maybe work out some more, if I could just eat healthier, if I could just do these things, then, then maybe I won't have the, the stress or the ulcers or the heart attacks or feel lonely. Guess what? You can do all those things and still feel lonely and still have stress and still have problems with depression. Busyness is not our ally. It's an enemy of relationships. Some of you, you're experiencing that. You're so busy, your marriage is struggling. You're so busy, you're growing apart from your children. You're so busy, you haven't had a night uh, of hanging out with your friends and you feel lonely. And busyness is not an ally. It is an enemy of our relationships, including our relationship with God. So how do we find rhythm? How do we find rhythm? Remember, music is not about the notes. This is the first thing I want you to know is that rhythm is not about a schedule issue. 
It is a space issue. You know what we try to do is, I'm going to use this music analogy. It's like, I just, we just try to cram more notes onto the page, right? If I could just get up earlier, then I'll be able to have more time in my day. And guess what you find out? You still don't have enough time in your day because you fill up every single moment with something. I mean, our whole life in America is based upon time. Hey, how long does it take to get there? About 10 minutes. How long is the drive to San Antonio? Ah, four and a half, five hours. How long does it take to get to, to Colorado? I, I know because we've driven all this, it's like 12 hours to, to Colorado Springs. And we're like, everything is based on time and fitting in our life into our schedule. And we think if I just add more time, then maybe I'll fill in a sense of, of accomplishment. But what we find is that we're still out of sync. We're still stressed. We're still struggling to find rhythm in our life because rhythm is not about schedule. It is about space. We try to cram notes onto the page. But music is not about the notes. It's about the pauses between the notes. See, I could go over here to this keyboard and I could just just hit notes, just bang out notes. A lot of them in a short amount of time. There's no music there. I could even play music and, and just do all the notes in the music. But if I'm not doing the necessary pauses and breaks in between the notes, there is no music. It's just noise. This is what it says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. God set a rhythm in place all around us. Genesis 2, 1, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. And by the seventh day, God finished the work he had been doing. And so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Now, we're going to come back to this passage in a moment, moment, but I want you to notice the rhythm. Six beats and a rest. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. If you cut it in half, it's one, two, three, one, two, three. It's a waltz. God has created in us a sense of rhythm and even a waltz, a dance of life. Rhythm and music is made up of the sounds and the pauses together that create a song. I've got this blood pressure machine, and uh, I'm going to put it on. I checked it before I came up here. It wasn't so good, so we'll just... <laughs> you guys are stressing me out, yo. All right. So I'm just going to leave this on because God designed everything with rhythm. Think about this. Everything has rhythm. Music, of course. Poetry has rhythm. The universe has rhythm. There's a cycle in how the planets revolve around uh, their uh, light or their planet or their gravitational pull in the universe. Even the universe, space itself, has pulsating noises that speak and communicate back. All the pictures we have of space are based upon sound, not so much sight. That's how we're able to put together some of these pictures of space that are far beyond our ability to see them because they're based on sound reflections. Uh, the universe, the world, nature itself uh, makes noise and a sense of rhythm, whether it be a day, the 24-hour cycle of a day, the, the 60 minutes of, of an hour, the 60 seconds of a minute. It's all in a cycle of rhythm. Uh, ocean waves, if you've ever just kind of stood at the, at the ocean just in silence, so there's that sense of rhythm in the consistency. Our body has rhythm. Our our, our sleep patterns, our heart has rhythm, our lungs have rhythm, breathing, our pulse, it all has rhythms, and they all can speak to us God's design and purpose. 
We even have seasons, like we're about to enter into the fall season. It's like there's a season, there's a, there's a rhythm of our life, of our year. And God's designed us for rhythm because it reflects a pattern that God's calling us to get in tune with. And uh, just our pulse is one of those areas. And, and, you know, just as rhythm identifies areas of God's purpose, it can also identify areas of danger and weakness in our life. Uh, blood pressure is called the silent killer. Right? I never knew I had blood pressure problems. All right? I had cancer in uh, 2009, five years after I met my very last doctor's appointment. My last one. I'm feeling happy. Five years cancer-free, went through chemotherapy, everything. I'm feeling great. I'm in last you know, appointment, just going through the, through the motion. And they do the vitals every time I go in. And this time, it, it happened between... This time and the last time, something changed. And I went in, and they're like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm feeling great. Are you stressed? No, I feel good. This is my last one. I'm feeling really good. I'm celebrating inside, you know? And I'm like, well, they kept me there for nearly an hour plus. They wouldn't let me leave, and they kept checking my blood pressure for the next 10 to 12 to 15 minutes because it was too high to let me leave. I'm like, we can't let you leave with your blood pressure this high. I'm like, what? I feel fine. Finally, it was low enough for them to say, we're going to release you. You need to sign this and that you're going to go to the doctor this week and have this checked out. I'm like, okay, fine. And I went to the doctor and they're like, and you've got dangerously high levels of like borderline aneurysm type blood pressure. I'm like, what? I'm like, I feel great. So they put me on medication and I'm like, you know, the blood pressure is, is like something that is easily discernible, but you don't sense it until it's brought to your attention. And what we're going to do today is we're going to check your pulse and we're going to find out if you are healthy or not. Because God has set in us a rhythm and, and it not only reflects his glory, but it also reflects areas of danger in our life. You know, as a musician, I understand rhythm. Any song without rhythm is unrecognizable. Music is not about the notes, about the spaces. We see this in Ecclesiastes 3. This is what that song was about. It says this, space, movement, times to go, times to stop. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says this, for everything there is a season. There's a rhythm for everything, okay? There's a time for every activity under heaven, okay? There's times for everything, it says there's a time to be born and a time to die. We've experienced that recently in our church with two deaths in the last several weeks and, and life. Uh, many of you celebrating life and baby dedication today. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to turn away, a time to search, and a time to quit searching, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear down, and a time to mend or build up, a time to be quiet, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace, for every season, turn, turn, turn. There's, there's a, a season for all these things. All these moments are beautiful and meaningful in their time. 
in their rhythm. Life is not about finding balance in schedule. It's about plugging into the rhythms and seasons that God has for us, like breathing. Everybody take a big breath. If you didn't breathe, you'd, you wouldn't be with us today. That was a gift. Everybody take one more breath. And I thank God for that. He just gave you that breath. That was his gift to you today. And he's still giving it to you. That is God's gift, that rhythm, that sense of, of, of seasonal life that you have. We are in different seasons in our lives. Some of you, you're in a childhood season. We, some of you are teenagers. You're in your teen years, which is very difficult. Some of you are in your young adult years, in your adulting years, and that's very very difficult, right? And then you have your, your newly married years. That's a challenge. And then you have children, and you're like, whoa, man. Just know if you have a small baby, you won't be sleeping much for about a year and a half. That's a season, all right? And then when you have toddlers, your house is going to be a mess for about four to five years. And it's just something you need to accept in this season of your life. Nicole and I are very tidy people, and we accepted that season, that there was a, just going to be a season in our life where maybe it wasn't going to be as nice as we liked it. There's a season in moving, a season of change. A new job is a season of change uh, and, and adjustment. The loss of a loved one, there's a season and a rhythm of finding what life is like without that person in your life, uh, without that, uh, the loss of, uh, through death of someone and not being able to speak to that person, change. Nothing stays the same forever. We strive for balance, but what God has called us to do is to have rhythm instead, to have a flexible life and embrace the seasons we are in. Here's the second thing about finding balance, is, or sorry, finding rhythm is this. Rhythm is about being in harmony with God, ourselves, and others. We tend to measure our lives uh, by others' lives, comparing and seeking them, uh, comparing and seeking to be like others. Uh, and that can be good sometimes, but most of the time it's bad. And so what God has asked us to do is not to seek to pursue the rhythm of other people's lives, but the rhythm of his life and the rhythm that God has for our life. God created you with a song. God created you with a life that is like a song. I like to say that when God created rhythm, each one of us have a different time signature. We all have a different kind of rhythm and pattern to our life. God has said, you out, you're a song that is to be sung, that is to be reflected by me. And, and if we can get in tune with him, and if we can get in tune in our life with his word and his will, what begins to happen is the spirit of God begins to work out of us and a song begins to sing out of our life. Galatians 5 speaks of what are called the fruit of the spirit. And these are the things that drop off the branches of someone who is rooted in Christ. And this fruit is the music that comes out of our life. Let's take a look at it. If, uh, Galatians 5, uh, verse 22, it says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. This is the song that comes out. This is what people will hear, what people will see. This is the song of our life of those who are rooted in the Holy Spirit in Christ. He says, this is the fruit. This is the song. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is the music of a Christian. This is the music of a life rooted in Christ. He says, against such, 
It says there is no law against these things. Amazing, there is no law. Uh, that means that if we will live in the Spirit, let the song of God flow out of us, that we will reflect what the law requires, what the Word of God asks. Verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to His cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. See, this is about flowing in the Spirit in the song of God for our life. Rhythm is about releasing control of our daily life to God. It's not about, what, it's not about finding what makes us happy. It's about finding what God has for us and then living that rhythmically through our life. And it produces a song that is beautiful. Here's the third thing about finding rhythm in life. And I want you to write this down is that rhythm is less about lists and more about protecting values. There will always be things competing for your attention. There'll always be one more paper to write, one more assignment that needs to be completed. There'll always be more hours that have to be put into a project at work. There'll always be one more school activity or one event that you have to be at. There'll always be more, 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 more that vows and tries to grab and vies for your attention. There are things that will always be competing for your attention. This is why that passage in Matthew 6.33 is so important. We must seek first the kingdom of God, his will, and his righteousness, his ways, and then all these other things, they'll be added unto you as well. We must make sure that we value things in spite of the season of our life. I like to put it this way. I was talking to, to David Butler about this in between services. I didn't share this in first service. Every song has a time signature, okay? That means at the beginning of the bars, of every, if you read sheet music, there's a, it tells you what the rhythm of the song is gonna be, 4-4, four, 2-4, four, four, whatever, what type of song. It says this is the standard for this song, piece of music, and you can't stray from it. All right, it is the standard, it is the rhythm baseline. All right, and then in this song with that standard baseline of, of rhythm signature, this, this, once that is established, the song can speed up, it can slow down, it can get filled with notes, it can have lots of pauses, it can have highs, it can have lows, but the standard never changes. It is the, 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 the kind of like the, the yard for which the song is to play, right? And what God is saying is that there are things in our life that will vow, uh, sorry, vie for our attention, that will compete for our attention, but we must keep certain things standard and basic in our life. I want you to write this down. Different seasons dictate different rhythms, but your values, the things we treasure as important, will always stay the same. Rhythm is less about lists and more about protecting values. Let me put it this way. If you're a farmer in the Midwest and it is snow season, which is pretty much any time after mid-October, when that blizzard falls on that farm and you got chickens and cows and horses, you don't go like, man, it's too cold to go out there. Man, I'm, it's too cold. I guess those chickens are gonna starve today. I'm not feeding the horse today. 
You know, we're not going to take care of the livestock and the animals today. It's just too cold. Oh, look, it's raining. It's too rainy outside. I'm just not going to get... No, they're, regardless of the season that they're in, they value these relationships, these animals, that they prioritize them based not on the season, but on the value of that relationship. In the Midwest, sometimes the snow drifts get so big that they will tie... Um, ropes to the gates of the barn doors all the way to the house during the winter season so when the snow comes they just follow the rope to the barn they prioritize because it's a it's about what they value not so much about what they see as a list so let me explain to you there are four values that are crucial to good rhythm these are four things that you must value no matter what. So this is where the pulse comes in. Some of you guys, like I said, blood pressure is a silent killer, all right? Some of you guys, you're silently dying spiritually, all right? And, and you can't figure out why. You're like, man, why am I struggling in my walk with God? Why do I feel like God's not there? Why, do I'm, why am I struggling to hear his voice? Why, why do I feel so dry? You know, all these, let's take our pulse, okay? Let's take our pulse based on what the Word of God says here, four values that are crucial to good rhythm, they're this. Protect your time with God. Protect your time with the community of God. Protect your resources with God. And protect your time and recreation given to you from God. Okay? Now let's take a look at each one. Four values that we must protect. By the way, I like the word value because it says something that's valuable. But like, these are my values. Well, if it's valuable to you, you protect it. Right? So when we say, well, the, this is my, God's a value that I have. Well, then you'll do whatever it takes to protect that relationship. So let's take a look at the values, the things we should treasure regardless of the seasons of our life. The first one is this, protect your time with God. Understand the value of prayer and God's word. Prayer is the heartbeat of a healthy faith. Unfortunately, your time with God is the second thing to go when you go through a difficult time in your life. Second, yeah, that's right. There's a first, and it's going to be the next one. But 10, you know, there's like three questions I ask people when they say I'm struggling with God. To know God, to hear God. I'm struggling in my walk with God, whatever, how you want to phrase it. I just feel like I'm, I'm empty. I'll ask you three questions, and the three questions are this. Are you praying? And they'll just say, no, man, I just haven't been praying. I haven't really had time. Are you reading God's word? Number two. Unless, man, I just, you know, just so busy, just haven't had time. And then the third question is, what's your relationship with, with the community of faith? Are you serving? Are you plugged in? Are you going? Are you involved? Are you just attending? Well, I, you know, that's, I go when I try to go. You know, I, it's just, just been so busy. And then they want to say, I just don't know what's going on in my walk. I'll tell you what it is. You're not praying. You're not reading your word. And you're disconnected from the body of Christ. So these are three big areas. These are three values that are important that must be staples in our life with God in every season of our life. Or we will lose rhythm. The rhythms will change. Like we have different seasons of our life. The rhythms will change, but these must, this is the time signature. This is the standard by which the music is played. 
I like how Joshua says it in, uh, in Joshua chapter 1, in verses 1 through 6, Moses has just passed the baton to Joshua, and Joshua's now standing on the edge of the Jordan River, and he's looking out going, man, I got a hundred million, I got a million and a half, I got 1.5 million people, I got to lead into the promised land, and I don't know if I can do this, God. God says, I have something for you, it's a promise, it's going to be wonderful, new land, a new home, new life, new friendships, new relationships, they're just on the other side of the Jordan. Josh is like, I don't know if I can do this. And God says, here's how you do it. Verse 7, he says, be strong and courageous, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful in whatever you do. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, the Lord says, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged, for the Lord your God is always with you wherever you go. We like that verse 9 you're, be strong, be courageous, the Lord is with you. But we often neglect the challenge in verse 8. He says you want that confidence that you are going to be all right? You want that confidence of success? Here's the challenge. He gives, he gives him a, a five-fold challenge, and this is a reflection of our quiet time with God. He says, I want you, when it comes to God's word, I want you to know it. I want you to speak it. I want you to think about it, and I want you to live it, and I want you to enjoy it. He says very simply, verse 7, be careful, obey all the law. How are we going to obey it if we don't know it? He says, you got to know it. You got to read it. You have to study it and you need to understand what it asks of you. You need to know it. That means you need to understand and read it. And then verse 8, he says, and keep this book on your lips. That means we got to share it. We got to speak it. Speak it over your family. Speak it over your kids, over your husband, over your wife, over your situation. We need to memorize passages so that when we are in those dry seasons, we can pump that well of refreshing water and we have something there to draw from. Some of you guys, you never read your Bible. So when you're dry, you ain't got nothing to even draw from unless you talk to another Christian. It's like we got to get it in us so that when we are dry, the well is full. So we need to know it, we need to speak it, and then we need to think about it. He says, meditate on it day and night. I like to think of a cow that chews the curd. You know, they, they eat the grass, and then they swallow it, and they, they regurgitate it, and then they just chew on it. Doesn't this sound lovely? And then they swallow it. And then later throughout the day, they, they bring it back up, and they're, like, they're chewing on it again. So if you see a cow chewing out in the field, you know he's chewing the cud. What is that? He's chewing on his regurgitated grass. All right? And every time he chews on it, he's pulling out more of the nutrients. He's pulling out more of the, the things that we miss in the grass. He's like, God designed them just to, just to chew on those babies over and over. That's meditation. We need it. Like today, you're going to hear some words today. And you can go to work tomorrow and go back to your life this afternoon, and it make no difference. Or you could regurgitate this tomorrow morning. Or tonight, you could bring it back up and chew on it some more. You could take the notes that are provided for you, and you could use this throughout the week to meditate on, to bring back up, to give you more nutrients for your life. God is telling Joshua, you need to think about it. Only thing better than throwing a, del a delicious slab of meat on a grill is throwing a marinated overnight slab of meat on a grill. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, we're in Texas. All right. And then he says you need to not just know it, speak it, think about it, but you need to live it. We need to walk it out. We need to live it out. We need to obey it. At home, we need to obey God's word. In school, we need to walk out his word. At work, in play, when we have fun, when we go out with friends, we need to obey God's word every day. We need to live it out. And then I like this last part. We, we need to enjoy it. He says, this is how you're going to find it. He says, do not turn from the right or to the left in this, and you'll find success wherever you go. And then he says, verse 8, then you'll be prosperous and successful. If you do what? If you know it, speak it, think about it, live it, then you can enjoy it. This is what a quiet time of God has got to be like. We have to value that to the point that no matter how busy my life gets, I will value and treasure this so much that it will surpass any schedule that I have. It's got to be valuable to you. Second thing is this, I mentioned it already, is protect your time with the community of God. This is the first thing to go when your life gets busy. The first thing to go is church. I just don't have time. It's been a busy week. I need the weekend off. It's been a busy weekend. I need to sleep on Sunday. It's like you just find every reason. For some reason, it's like I'm a bottomless. I know it's important, but it's somehow it's, it's down here and below. It's below the ground of how important it is for some of you. It's like, yeah, I know I need to go, but I'm just, yeah. When God says this has got to be something that is so valuable that no matter what season of life you're in, no matter how busy your day is or your week is or your weekend is, that you value this so much that you protect this, that you protect this time, it's valuable to you. Jesus' number one priority is the kingdom of God. Why? Because he cares for people and the church is designed by Jesus to build, promote, and expand the kingdom on earth, to bring hope and to bring peace. It's where you're going to find significance in your life and purpose in your life. It's where your family will find significance in their life. It's where you're going to be cared for and encouraged and sharpened. It's where the kingdom of God finds its hands and its feet through you, through us. We must protect it. Hebrews 10, 23 and 24, pastors love to, to to share this, but I want you to hear this in light of a protecting value. He says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. What that spur mean? You ever been on a horse? You ever seen a cowboy with spurs? They're kicking the horse. God says, you know, sometimes you just need to spur each other. Some of you guys need a good kick in a hiney. You need to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. See, some of you, it's a surprise when you show up. It's in a habit that you don't come. Now, for some of you, it's a habit that you're here and it's a surprise when you miss, right? He's saying it is the habit for some Christians to not come. And it's a surprise. You know, the average Christian goes to church twice every six weeks. That's terrible statistics, by the way. And, and if, you're, if you're more than that, then, you know, that's good. I mean, this doesn't make you a better Christian or anything, but it, it, you're going to find that you're probably going to be healthier in your Christian life and walk. It's God's plan for every Christ follower to be active participant of a local body of believers. 
We treasure it, we value it, we protect it, we plan for it. And here's the next thing, we protect our resources that God has given us with God. We talked about this two weeks ago, so I'm not going to talk about it today. It's the entire chapter of Matthew chapter 6, how God has called us to protect this, that we need to value our generosity, value our giving, our offerings. If we don't protect it, protect it, it will be left behind. And here's the fourth thing. We need to protect our time of rest and recreation. Now, I particularly like this one because I think this is where I struggle the most. And I like this one because it's a real challenge for me. When I got cancer in 2009, I was working on an average maybe 75, sometimes 80 hours a week. And I thought if I could just work more, I would, that God would honor my work, my efforts. And that if I just, you know, if it was a struggling Sunday, I'm just, man, I'm hitting the ground on Monday. I know Monday's supposed to be my day off. But man, I'm just, I just got to get to work. God will honor my work. So I was just working more and more. I didn't sacrifice my family time. So I ended up spending a lot of late nights, well into two, three, and four in the morning, working late on the weeknights just to make sure that I got everything that had to be perfect, had to be right. And, and in life, in ministry, there's no end. My day doesn't end tomorrow. It, it ends, uh, I mean, doesn't end today. It begins today. There's a whole new week, challenges, people, counseling, events, administration. There's always going to be more. And some of you, you live a life, you know, there's always going to be more. There's always more to do, more to accomplish, more to finish, more to, to get done. God is saying, listen, I've put into place a rhythm in your life that requires you to have a day of fun. And we don't take it. We don't do it. Genesis chapter 2. God saw, God separated, God called, God made, God placed, God created. Then God stopped. Look at this, Genesis 2, 1. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, God doesn't need rest. He is self-sustained, all-powerful. He didn't go, whoo, six days, take a break, pull the buzzer. And God didn't like get tired and kick his feet up on the seventh day and say, man, you guys should try this. God doesn't need rest. This was our gift. God was implementing into us a gift of rest. The word sabbat or Sabbath just means to cease. And it is the day that we are to cease doing stuff. God says, work hard. Work hard all week long. And then once a week, do nothing. Cease. Stop. He gave us a gift. It's a day of restoration. It's a day to rest, to reflect, to restore, to refresh, for recreation, and to reignite. And it's not necessarily a day to go to church either. Technically, the Sabbath, if you use literal days, is Saturday. But God has given us the Sabbath not as a day, but as a gift for our life. So maybe your Sabbath is Monday. 
Maybe that's your day off. Or maybe your, your day off is a Wednesday. Or maybe it is today. And today you're going to go home and you're going to chill. You're going to relax. And you should not feel bad about it. Because God gifted you that day. He gifted you that moment. And if you don't use it, you know what happens? If you miss it, that's why you're so stressed out. That's why you're so filled with rage. That's why you can't hardly drive to work without screaming at somebody next to you. That's why some of you have such a short fuse with your spouse and with your kids and with your family members and your coworkers. This is why you can't sleep at night because you can't get work off your mind. That's because you are not in the will of God with your Sabbath. This is God's gift to you. He says you need restoration. You need refreshing. You need a, you need a pause. The music of your life, the song of your life requires a pause. You want beautiful music out of your life. It's not about the notes on the page. It's about the breaks in the notes. And we're trying to cram more page of notes into our life. And God says, no, just pull that whole page out and do a pause there. Just do a pause. Most of us, we either blow it off or we become legalistic about it. This is what Jesus said in, in Mark chapter 2, and this shows up in some of the other Gospels. Jesus is traveling with his disciples, and they get hungry. It's the Sabbath, so they walk into a field, and they start pulling grains uh, uh, off, of, uh, off the harvest there, and they start eating these kernels, and the Pharisees are like, you are working on the Sabbath. How dare you? And they start, they were legalistic about it. And Jesus said, hey, wait a minute. Two things. Um, this was a gift for man, and I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. So I'm the one that made it, and it's for me anyways. This is what he says, verse 27. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. It was a gift for you. It's not a law for us to follow as much as it is a gift for us, for our health, and for our well-being. So the Son of Man is, even, is Lord of even the Sabbath. God set this in place to protect you and to care for you, not to manipulate you. But what was intended as a blessing to you, some of you have turned it into bondage or you've neglected it altogether. And you can't figure out why you're struggling in your life. Well, check those four areas. Check your pulse. Are you reading God's word? Are you praying? Are you staying faithful and connected to the body of Christ in relationship and community? Are you committed to using your resources for God and for his glory and for the kingdom? Are you committed to a Sabbath, a gift from God to you? He gave this to because he loves you. And some of you, take a moment, don't raise your hand or don't shout it out loud. When was the last time you had a Sabbath? Like a real day to blow off. Now, for me, I like to do stuff around the house on my day off. I like to even do stuff up here. I find that very fun, working with my hands, accomplishing things. So I might come up here and do stuff on my day off or hang out at the home. But sometimes maybe you just want to stay in your pajamas all day. That's not my thing. But that's okay. Once a week. <laughs> Once a week. <laughs> Some of you, like, maybe you like video games, and you're like, man, I shouldn't be playing video games all day. Well, it's your Sabbath, and if it's what you find fun and refreshes you, you know, going to play golf or 
taking a walk or watching movies or something or just being silent, doing stuff around the house, working, building something. It's the things that refresh you, restore you, and you, that reignite you and just give you a sense of peace and check your pulse. Find the pauses in the notes. Discover the rhythm of God. I want to end with something. I want to show you how you can find your rhythm again. Some of you are like, man, I'm just out of, out of sync. I'm out of rhythm. This is how you do it. You need to stop. You need to wait. You need to listen. And you need to learn. Create pauses in your life. You know, there's a word in the book of Psalms, and it's the word selah. Everybody say selah. The word selah means pause. The, word, the book of Psalms is a book of songs, S-O-N-G-S, and they're all meant to be sung. And so throughout the Psalms, you'll have a word selah, which means musical interlude, means don't sing, let the music play, and just think about it. Pause is created in the music to give us a sense of understanding. Some of you, you need to stop. Immediately, some of you, like, you're just go, 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 stop. You know, when I got cancer, you know, 10 years, 10 plus years ago now, um, but it's 10 years ago this year, um, I was burning candle on both ends, and God said, ah, stop. <laughs> And I learned to stop. I learned to listen. I learned to just wait. I learned the pauses in my life are going to create more health in my life, which is the next thing. We go, 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 but we need to wait. It's okay for silence. Some of you guys, even your breaks are filled with so much noise. You know, turn off the music, even if it's worship music. Kind of remove yourself from noise somehow, some way. Noise reducing headphones, I don't know. Just step outside. I know when you have children, it's, it can be that much more harder, but you need to create the pauses and wait. You need to have silence. It's okay to rest and remove distractions. And then you need to listen. Can you hear God? Can you hear what God is saying about you, about others, about your family? For others, are you listening to his word? Are you listening to godly counsel? Listen, and I love this last one. I want to pray for you is, is learn. If you're stressed right now, that's not Jesus. If you feel overwhelmed with life, that's not Jesus. If you're a Christian, you love Jesus, and you feel like you're just, just overwhelmed, that's not Jesus. Jesus will not do that. He won't do that. In fact, he says this in Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. This is Jesus. Take my yoke upon you. There is a yoke to carry. There is a yoke to, to, that we are given by Christ. But he says, uh, take the one that I give you, not the one you give yourself. Take the one that I give you, because it won't burn you out, stress you out, and turn you into an angry person. Take my yoke, what I have for you. And he says, learn from me. I love that. Just said, learn from me. For I am gentle, I'm humble in heart, 
and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. What God gives us is easy and light. What's that mean? It doesn't mean it's not going to be hard at all. When it means light and easy, it means with Christ in your life, it is one that you can carry without pain, struggle, and frustration, and stress. Cast your cares upon me, and I'm going to give you a new way to look at life, to carry life. He says, learn from me. So will you do that today? Stop, wait, listen, and learn. Are you stressed? Are you tired? Jesus says, come. Just throw it on me. I got you. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for God, the challenge from the word today, God, and I I just pray that as we've wrapped up this series, Lord, that we would take this to heart today, that we would check our pulse. Some of us have a very unhealthy pulse right now, and our life is on the verge of burnout. God, we're doing too much, and we're squeezing in more notes on a page than are designed to be there. God, help us to keep the valuables protected, the core truth, regardless of the season and the busyness of our life, and that we would learn the pauses. If you're here right now and you're saying, you know, I just, it's me, I've just been stressed out. You just take a moment and just say, God, I need your peace. In your own words, just say, God, I need your peace. Just take a moment. Just stop and listen. Father, even my ministry, Lord, I'm just, God, I just want to cast it on your shoulders, God. Give me what you have for me, and God, take that all, all that I tend to pick up, things that I'm doing, because I can't say no, God, I cast them, I give them to you, I let go of them, God, show me what I am to carry. Show me what my yoke is supposed to be. Now, before we end our service, you guys who need that pause, just keep praying and just keep trusting God. But there's some here that carry the greatest burden of all, the burden of sin. Some of you here and you're like, you have carried the weight of your sin Maybe just for the last couple of weeks, you've done something that you know is just a stress, a weight that you can't bear anymore. Jesus says, throw that too. For I paid the price on Calvary for your sin. If you'll cast your sin upon me, I will give you forgiveness. 
So if you're here right now and you need the forgiveness of God in your life, will you just cast that sin on him? Jesus, here's my sin. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean, dear God. Thank you, God, for being so good to me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for listening to the Living Way Church podcast. If you enjoyed this message, we hope you come visit us in Garland, Texas. For directions and more information about the church, go to www.livingwaychurch.cc.